0: This is uh, episode four on uh, Crafted Generations. Uh, my guest is Luke um, Athanis, and uh, I met Luke with my dad uh, and his dad um, doing business, and they've known each other from years um, ago, and uh, Luke has been doing this for about, you know, 11, 12 years, yeah. and, uh, you know, I kind of want to let him share a little bit about his background, his career, um, and uh, his experience within the industry.
1: Okay, so, um, yeah, for starters, um, I'd say, I don't know exactly how long, but it's approaching the 30, 35-year mark where my dad started working for your dad, um, and he he was, I can't exactly remember how long he was working under your, your dad's company, and eventually rented out some space from him. Um, your dad had a big warehouse at the time, had an empty location in the back, and my dad was doing side work there. Uh, him and his brother, I believe they were both doing it at the same time. Uh, they eventually started their own business, and that is uh, now that is about 27 years ago today. Yep. Uh, so for my dad being the uh, my biggest inspiration and really helped shape who I am today. Uh, a lot of it actually is tied together to you, like I said, without you really even knowing. Yeah. My dad's, and your dad's relationship goes back 30 years or more. And so the, their respect is mutual, mutual between them. And they have, um, over the years, uh, either shared projects with each other as they're uh, too busy or too complex. Um, and. For me, when I when I started was uh, was at fi- I was 15 is when I start- first started with him, and it was working the summers um, after after school. I started out as uh, as a helper, and really just would consist of a lot of uh, absorbing a lot of knowledge more than anything, but thinking ahead for whomever I was working with at the time. Now, I I learned from a number of different people, but most of all would be from my dad. And when we... um, As a helper, one of the most important lessons that he tried to instill in me was that you need to be the best helper you can be Because if you think ahead for whomever you're with and you're helping speed up their process, you're helping the project get, let's say, either produced or installed more efficiently, that's really where your value's at. But when I first started, it consisted of a lot of sweeping, uh, a lot of handing screws, holding tape measures, unloading, loading, and it was frustrating and i I felt like, uh, I felt like it this might not be for me because I didn't appreciate the value of a quality helper and how important it is when you are working as a team to have equal collaboration, you know mm-hmm. and and not just uh, ha- have to hold up the workload for both guys, you know, or both employees, and that's for that sake. When I, when, I was, uh, when I was younger, I was, I, I was given a, a handful of materials parts, really, that were for a birdhouse. And that was the very first thing I would say that drew me into creating something out of nothing. Because I didn't know what it was supposed to look like, but there were markings of how to assemble it, and it was something my dad made for me to assemble. Um it really unlocked the ability to work with my hands because as a teenager I took apart computers, I took apart motorcycles or not motorcycles, bicycles, uh skateboards. Um and I experienced, experimented with really whatever I whatever opportunity I could. I tried to take advantage and experiment with it because I brought it brought a lot of joy. You know, and the the value of having somebody like a helper, you know it it helps shape how you how you see the industry how you how you approach let's say what uh, what direction you want to take in the industry and it it is so valuable because you have You have to you have to think ahead, and you have to you have to know every step, even if you don't have the experience of let's say assembling or installing. You absorb, and the more that you absorb, the more that you uh, engage in whatever the project is, whatever it calls of you. It becomes natural to you, and that's that's where my experience is over the last almost twelve years now. Is it's a lot of repetition. And the more you repeat, uh, the more you're either learning the right way to do things or how not to do it, because you are seeing, it could even be seeing somebody else's mistake before they make it. And that doesn't come naturally in most cases, and it takes time to recognize, you know, right before somebody's using an inch and a half screw as opposed to an inch and a quarter. And the difference could mean going through your countertop, you know, or popping through a door, or a fixed panel. Um, it's it's definitely been a uh, a very up and down experience, because I I hated being a helper, and I I really didn't appreciate having. Somebody like me, as a helper, it it. To me, having someone like, for example, when I, as I got a little more experienced and I started to take on more at work, my dad became my helper. My dad has thirty five years of experience, so he. He's, he's already from the moment that he gets a project that he's putting a, a bid in, him, reverse engineering it so he knows all the parts how it's supposed to be assembled all the steps necessary to get it installed right um, and he's already thinks thinks through in depth to where it's it's installer friendly i know i, I had heard on one of your your previous episodes about a uh, making making your millwork or your casework installer friendly um, because you really can only be so prepared for things to go wrong on an install. You know, you you can't bring the whole shop with you. And I know you uh, you had a question that you wanted to ask about that, uh, as regard to the the difference between the two. It's um, you know, being being in the field, you can think ahead to what you might run up against, like a warped walls, uneven floors, uh, other tradesmen. Yeah, you know. But being prepared for some being prepared in, in the event that something goes wrong, whether it be having tools that you shouldn't need for an install, having those available to you. Again, back to like the whole point I just said you can't bring the whole shop with you. Right. So you are limited But it teaches you how to fix things on the fly. How to at least, let's say, uh, prevent having to remake something because you can manipulate it, you can uh, touch up, um, you know, or in some cases, you can replace just a small piece as opposed to redoing the whole thing. And in the shop, you're, you're, at the mercy of whatever tools and equipment that you have, that you own. Um, And our shop is fairly old school. Uh, Although me and dad have discussed the CNC, we don't have one yet. And it it causes us to uh, work harder, but have to think and be smarter about our approach. Uh, Because we know things will take us a little bit longer but it doesn't mean that we can't provide the same thing that uh you'd be able to cut on the CNC it's really just a matter of the time it takes to get to the, that point you know and and the CNC is a it's a big financial investment and educational investment uh not to mention the space
0: absolutely yeah
1: so you know i know that you have experience designing and and i would definitely like to learn more about it is there anything that, let's say, from your experience with either CNC or doing uh, 3D renderings, you know, what what do you think that you can take from that, that will help you as a fabricator or as a you know uh, installer? That's because there's there's planning ahead, making it your parts installer friendly. So um, I guess that part would be yeah. What what do you think that you can, you can take from your knowledge, designing and, and in the CNC world, and apply it to when
0: you do get hands on. Right. So, the the biggest benefit of having like the CNC is the the efficiency that and, and <laughs> the accuracy that it brings to the table because, um, you I mean a a CNC you basically. For people that aren't too familiar, it basically cuts out parts um, on a, a four by eight sheet of uh, melamine or plywood mm-hmm. um, or, you know, whatever material you're, you're using. Um, and it's, you know, for us, we use microvellum So um, okay. to create our cut files. Um, so to basically answer your question in terms of like, how could it help fabricating? How could it help, um, you know, installers it instead of the fabrication process being cutting those individual parts it takes that step out of the the, the the process the fabricator doesn't have to cut the individual parts anymore because the CNC is doing that work so it gives the fabricators more time to assemble mm-hmm. more more uh, uh, boxes or um, die walls um, countertops you know stuff like that so the biggest benefit is time mm-hmm. and accuracy um, so that's something that is a big game changer of having a a cnc um on the install side of things it kind of uh the install um i don't i don't know a direct way it helps the install side of things because it's um you're you're getting the product already um you know whether it's built uh you know without a cnc or with a cnc Mm -hmm. you're still installing the product a finished product a finished product right Um, So I think the biggest help that a CNC um, does for a company is that the speeds up the fabrication process um, and minimal errors too. That's another big thing um, because there's I mean there's human error in all processes, but having a CNC minimizes the amount of human errors um, you'll have in the production process
1: because you're going through and designing a, a part based on drawings that you have. I'm assuming you're doing some sort of like let's say if you're mass producing that part, you're not just gonna click go, okay, green button, whatever, yeah. and run and cut thirty parts. You're gonna cut one and make sure that it's right first. Yeah, for because no matter how precise it might be, your inputting information could have been off. Exactly. Right? Um and so while there's there's catching, like you said, human error or the process of of um fabricating being sped up, but also the precision behind it, I think, you know, it it really, it's only going to continue to, that part of the the trade is only going to continue to grow. It's something that we need to uh, seriously take a look at and, and, and get started with because we're becoming obsolete, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that we are capable of that a cnc is capable of but what might take you an hour could take me a day right you know and we might end up with the same result but there's no way we could charge the same amount if you're paying somebody 8 hours or more and then that one part which is the test part is wrong you know it's like there's 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 a lot of value in in the efficiency of it, and that's that's got to be one of the most important parts of our trade is oh, being efficient. 100%. Because if you're not being efficient, you're making mistakes, you're costing money, and you're not making money.
0: And your the clients are mad; they're not getting yeah. their products in right. time. Right. Um, um. To back up a little bit, so um, like the background of your career and everything. So you were talking about being a helper and how uh how crucial it is to be a really good helper and uh, how you appreciated the experience because it provides a lot of value for everybody else on the team um, and like speeding up the the process right. to uh, of like finishing projects um, after being like a helper, was there another role that you jumped into right after that? Or did you kind of like slowly start like, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe dabbling a little bit in like the finishing aspect of, uh, of millwork or just like assembling boxes or, you know, how did you progress from, uh the helper stage
1: the, the helper stage went from just being a helper in the shop to being a helper in the field and they are two different things um you know as we kind of discussed by the time you're in the field you already have a finished product that's already thought through and hopefully uh easy to install i mean you know we're we're not sending out big slabs of countertops to cut down you know they're they're made to fit a wall and if the wall's wavy we know it ahead of time you know, and we're prepared for it, but the, I'd say in the moment, I did not appreciate the value of it, um, and I really felt like I was wasting my time, felt like uh, I, needed, I needed an opportunity to do more, to see if this is something I wanted to continue to pursue, because most likely for anybody that might be getting started you're going to start as some intern intern, you know you're going to start as a helper observing and absorbing as much information as you can. And it uh, might all look cool or fascinating on the outside, but really wanting to get your hands on it prematurely is where you you need to be patient. You really need to be patient because it does take time to um, get comfortable and be confident in what you're doing. If not, you're costing yourself or company money, you know, or you're going to make uh, crucial errors that essentially some someone sh- should know better. Um, it could be the difference of, let's say, like a making a drawer box out of square, and you make 10 drawer boxes, and they're all a little out of square, and you didn't check the first one, and next thing you know, you're trying to put your drawers into the in the cabinets they're having a hard time getting in yeah you might be able to jam them in yeah but it's just but the the real lesson here is when you go to put that drawer front on and you pull that drawer drawer out after it's installed then you put it back in things are not going to line up and that's because you have play within the drawer box so it was actually one that was actually outside of being a helper one of the first things that i started doing both um Drawer box, cutlass assembly, um, the the drawer glides, and understanding the deductions that you need to make so that way it isn't a snug tight fit. You need to give a little bit of play for the slides and the uh, in the the bearings. You know, um, I've had a, I've had drawer boxes that were a sixteenth strong, and you almost have to modify something to make it work because everything else is built precise. But if your product, that that last box that goes in, isn't, uh, you end up either remaking it, you know, or modifying it because of rushing, rushing through, not not following your procedure, you know. And um, I, I... I've learned different ways to make a drawer box, Uh, but one of the the things would be, I I felt like I could do it more efficient, I felt like I had a different way to approach the assembly process, and I experimented with it on my own. So I stayed after hours, and that's an opportunity that I have that most people may not have, is that I'm in a family business, it's a family shop, and I had the freedom to learn after hours. It wasn't all just uh, on the job or in the moment. I, I could branch off and try new things. And that's that's one of them. I tried to make a different drawer box jig. Spent three four hours just to find out that I might what might save a minute, you know. And so it, questioning somebody with thirty five years experience and wh- how their approach is, it's it's good to ask questions. It's good to to believe or to think that you can do things better, more efficient, you know. Uh, but until you until you respect and appreciate the knowledge that's being given to you, you know you you really you can't you you can't necessarily learn from just following somebody else's instructions. You need to make mistakes but you need to learn from those mistakes. You can't make repetitive mistakes. Um, that was, there's a lot of things that that I thought I could do better. And then I thought I could do faster. Sometimes I have. There, there are times where I've been able to present something to my dad, prove myself, and earn the respect of, you know, I, I see the way you're thinking, I see how your approach is. I see how thought out and planned you know you, your your processes. Try it and let's see what happens. And I've been given an opportunity to do things differently, you know, differently differently than what my dad knows or what other employees that I've worked with have been taught, because all of my knowledge, for the most part, has been handed to me from through other people working with other people, um, and and absorbing information constantly. I mean I'm, I'm there's still so much to learn and you never you never stop learning. You get to a point where you feel like you don't want to learn more or you don't want to progress more it might not be the job for you. Because I'm passionate about what I do. Making a drawer box is boring, but I enjoy it. Making a cabinet to me now is boring, but I enjoy it like I don't dread going to work every day. I don't dread having to make 30 door boxes. I don't dread having to laminate a countertop. I I enjoy being able to turn raw materials into something unique, especially when it's when it's all laid out for you in prints and and you're seeing somebody else's vision and you get to make it come to live. life. Yeah. It's incredible. It it, it, is. it really is and it's even better when you when you have a personal connection to the person, so I've had some projects through friends or family that you know, I you get to really feel the reaction, the appreciation, the the wow. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, well, they don't know how much time I really spent to get it to that point, but
0: but you feel
1: good. Yeah, you feel rewarded, and it's not just a financial reward. You know, you the compliment of getting a call back later for something else. Yeah, I've had, I have a couple of those, you know, and
0: and and it really is. Uh, it's a feeling that that not many people could say they've had themselves. Yeah, because it's an art, it's a craft, and like all, a lot of artists that I've even talked to, I mean, everybody's so passionate about, you know, their uh, ability to create something for someone. And especially mm-hmm. having that emotional connection to it that that's you, you know, you don't get that too often. And it becomes something that's very appreciative too. Mm-hmm. Especially from the one building it. Um, I think that's uh something unique about the, this business and so the industry.
1: Even for you now, so you're, let's say you are designing a desk based on a set of prints that you have and you're in the office for hours doing it. You might not have all of the hands-on uh, attachment or connection to the project of actually assembling it, but the rewarding feeling of, well, I designed it correctly. Yes, This is exactly what it's supposed to look yes. like. It's all the right size, it's square, and you see the end result, it's collaboration, it's teamwork, yep. you know? I mean, you don't necessarily have to know every part of the fabrication and production process to get to feel rewarded for your part or your role in it right you know for me and dad i have we have uh, multiple roles we we fill in in a lot of areas I'm, I'm much more than just a drawer box guy you know um but the i guess that's probably it.
0: yeah so yeah, to or uh, um to kind of like branch off a little bit off what you were saying and like the, um, like my per, or like my role in, in the fabrication process um, with microfilm, like for example, building a desk in microfilm that's going to get processed to the CNC. I'm not the one making, like hands on building it on the shop floor, but my goal as, um, you know the the user behind microvelm is to simplify that process on the floor yep. as much as possible so they don't need to be running around making extra pieces to to help assemble that that desk or whatever yeah. that die wall and one of like the things that i really like about microvelm is because it's a 3d um like it's cad based auto cad mm-hmm. based right so you can use you, know, you can see the the 3d model of it so i'm like you know, looking at different angles of things and I'm seeing, okay, you know, making sure there's no, um, you know, discrepancies or there's nothing that's going to interfere with each other in the the, the whole process of building it. Mm-hmm. So that's like pretty cool from my um, point of view of things because like when I see it getting built on the shop floor and I see it either not going as, as uh, smoothly as I thought, I'm going to be, you know, asking them like, right. okay, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. In the design process of building that wall, building the desk, to help you guys build it faster or more smoothly, more efficiently, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I might not be the one hands on doing it, but in a way, you know, I am building it in in a another sense, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: No. So I my my sophomore year, uh, I took a uh, it was a PLTW. Introduction to Engineering Design.
0: What does that stand for?
1: Uh, Project Lead the Way. Okay. And it was a mm-hmm. uh, a program for uh, a CAD program, um, doing three D modeling, uh, reverse engineering, critical thinking, mm-hmm. um, and then and documentation. So creating creating your, let's say I was making a. A birdhouse on there, being able to take your three D image and show all the different views of it, yep, and present it as if it were a print, you know, having a, a plan view, a section, an elevation, you know. Um, the problem I found with that was that I was bored. I wanted to make the birdhouse. I didn't want to make a make a three D model of the birdhouse, you know. Um, and that was right at the, right as I'm getting past being a helper and starting to take on uh, specific tasks that, that would help with the production. Um, and I just found that for me, if I was going to pick a direction, I felt it was more necessary to get the hands-on experience versus the technology experience mm-hmm. uh, there are things that you'll you'll learn because of other people telling you and it's things that you wouldn't know better unless you're a fabricator unless you've experienced how not to do something or why you're going to run into a problem later um and so it is valuable for you too to take advantage of the opportunity to get out in the shop you know uh, be a helper be the best helper you can be help uh, assemble, you know, a, a project that you created, and you you gain the knowledge of that's, us like you said, sometimes there are going to be things that that don't go right or didn't go as smooth as you had thought. But you need to know why. Absolutely. If you don't learn from it,
0: you're going to you, keep making the same mistake, and you? you're
1: going to keep costing money. Yes. And as a small businessman, we you, you have to be efficient. We cannot afford errors and if you do make an error you need an, you need to be able to 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 make up for it even faster you know you can't sit there and, and and slump your shoulders and and beat yourself up you need to uh as as quickly as possible overcome the error so you don't hold up the rest of the production line you know um but yeah that 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 introduction class for me um, I know a lot of the basic tools. Uh, it, it's been about 10 years now since I've used it, so I would have to really, uh, I'd have to relearn, but I feel like all of my experience fabricating and in a way, you know, taking all of these puzzle pieces and creating some finished product at the, you know, the end result I, I have the hands-on experience now. And I, I want to be able to design something and go make it. I don't want to just be sitting at a computer or operating a machine. That might be where our trade is heading. But there's value in it, and, and I feel like I've learned a lot of things the hard way, but for good reason. You know, and, and and it's helped shape me. There's a, you know, to be able to, uh, to be able to overcome a problem, uh, that that is unexpected. Just from it could be one of those moments I stayed after work and I was messing with something. You don't invest, you know, if you don't want to keep advancing, keep learning, you're gonna, you're gonna hit a wall, pretty much. You are going to, you're going you're gonna to limit yourself and limit the opportunities that get presented to you, um, but I'll, I'll let you, uh,
0: yeah. So, um, kind of like, you know, yeah. Moving, uh, topics here, um, from working in the shop and working on the field, we kind of dabbled a little bit into it, mm-hmm. but what would you say with your personal experience, you know, maybe what does it look like to work in the shop versus working in the field? Um, and kind of like share about your experience with that. So, um, and I, sorry, before you go yeah. on, um, to like also help the audience understand, like kind of like what we're talking about. What type of work do you normally do? Like, uh, what what is like a typical job, um, that you might be doing? Just to get paint the picture for you know people that are kind of new, um. To the industry or, you know, other people that are just curious of like the type of work that, that you're doing within Millwork?
1: So I uh, mainly work uh, with laminate, with melamine. Um, I make European style cabinets. Uh, we we do, uh, we also do uh, Corian uh, solid surface uh, uh countertops, uh, wall caps, uh, paneling, things like that, and a big, the big thing for, for uh, the field is you want to minimize, you want to minimize the thinking in the field, you want to minimize the cutting in the field, the mess, um, because you're set up in the shop, you have all of your equipment that you're accustomed to having, you know, you... You're not working off of a a little job site table saw, you've got your industrial table saw, or you know, you're you're you can be limited in the field by the mobile equipment that you have. Where they're still gonna help you, but having everything at your disposal in the shop, whether it be all of your equipment, uh new material to remake something or jigs templates that'll help speed up the process that you might not have thought you needed in the field you know let's say uh let's say we have a little jig that that creates a one-eighth to zero taper and really simple really fast in in the you know in the shop or quick setup i can have it done in 30 seconds but in the field you might not have thought that your floors we're gonna need that eighth-inch taper. You check the floor, but the back end's dipping, and you know they don't want to see any. Uh, let's say you don't want to see shims, uh, and you have a, a toe kick that's already pre-finished on the outside. You don't have a loose toe kick to go in front, and you might have to do modifications because of the work that you're installing on. You know, so if it's somebody else's flooring job or someone else's drywall job, it's so really the two main things that impact us the most uneven floors are out of your control uneven walls are out of your control but you're still expected to you're you're the finished product you know the you're still expected to to provide a complete and natural looking finished piece you can't just install something that's hanging a half inch off the wall and saying well it's touching on the other end it's not my fault the walls bad You need a solution for that. You know, so you can say, well, I didn't do the drywall, and I'm not responsible for that, but you're going to need trim here. You're going to need to hide this gap, this imperfection, because it's not a a factor of our millwork being wrong. It's
0: uncontrollable on the field.
1: Correct, yeah. Um, And Yeah, in the shop, you can control just about everything. And if you make a mistake, you can overcome it right there you have to come back to the field. You have to come back to a job site. You know, if you make an error that can't be fixed, um, you scratch a door that can't be touched up. I mean, you chip a corner and, you know, it might be the last thing you have is to set a countertop in place and you bump it against the wall. Next thing you know, you're damaging walls, somebody else's work, and they got to send someone else back to patch up. So you, you want to make your product as easy to install as effortless to install as possible and prevent a lot of the, a lot of the potential errors. For example, like countertops you cre- you know, to help prevent those wavy walls, you create a scribe. You have a scribe on if you're, you either have two contact points if you're butting up to a corner or if you are just butting up to an open wall and it's open on both ends, you still have two contact points in the back where what we add is a countertop scribe that would be anywhere from say an eighth, a uh, quarter inch piece of material, the rest of the countertop there is hollow. So you're adding a scribe to uh that will be covered by a backsplash. And this scribe is to eliminate the need to cut your countertop if a wall's bad. Yep. You know, you're you're able to pop it in and you don't have to modify in the field so it, it's that's one of those things
0: that it's like a it's like a not a trick in the trade but in, in a way it's so, yeah it's a trick in the trade yeah. yeah i uh that's that's a recent one that i've learned about and uh, and see the value of it too uh, especially getting feedback from the installers uh and hearing you know this is this is really key having the the scribe on uh, the end of the countertop you know, when you're in between walls because, like you said, it eliminates having to cut the entire countertop, yep. which is creating more time, more mess to clean up, mm-hmm. and just, yeah.
1: There's more chance for error, too. So, if you eliminate the the chance of making a mistake by adding a scribe, it could be that all you got to do is take the scribe off. You don't have to cut anything, and it'll fit nice and, nice and snug, or you'll have small gap that's a cockable, finishable, you know, uh, but a lot of this just comes, comes with experience and repetition. You gotta, you gotta, you have to face problems. You know, you have
0: to, uh, do you embrace them too? Like, are you, or, or when you, when you see a problem, do you look at it as, oh man, like, like this is going to hold me back or are you straight to it? Let's find a solution right away.
1: I would definitely straight to it, but uh, not necessarily by choice. So, I mean, straight to it because we're a small business and there's no time. There's no time to, uh, like I said, to shrug your shoulders, put your head down and beat yourself up. You need to overcome it as fast as possible because you still have a deadline and the deadline didn't change just because you messed up. Yeah. You know, you might make a little less on the job looking at it from the, uh, you know, the company's standpoint, but if it, if it's something that you can overcome quickly, you know, you're you're learning from the mistake. You're less likely to, to repeat that same mistake. It's a valuable lesson. If it, you know, if it costs an extra $20 in board, but you learn from it, it's well worth the $20, you know? Uh, and sure, you want to prevent those as much as possible. You don't want to cost yourself more money. You don't want to have to... Complete a job, and at the end result you know your 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 profits are significantly less because of errors. You don't you you trying to prevent that, and especially with the in the CNC world, you're able to be very accurate. You know, and and I mean, how even now laser measuring and yeah, there's there are there's a lot that technology has to offer to simplify it and to prevent the human error, but the human error is still. It's, a necessary part. It yeah. really is because if you, I mean, if you don't make errors, you're not learning. It could be if you don't make errors for for ten years, and then you make a mistake on the biggest job of your life.
0: It's like, well, if you never made those errors errors in the past, how are you going to learn to fix right. this? And it's it's
1: big it, error. You know, it's it's okay, it's okay to make mistakes, but you have to treat every mistake as a lesson. And if as long as it's a lesson. It wasn't a mistake. It's a lesson. You right. learn from it and it was necessary. Um, the bad ones are when you repeat. Yeah. And you and I've done it. I've I've rushed through filing a countertop and chipping a corner. And then you're redoing an edge, you know, yeah. or whatever. It's costing a company more time, more money. And and find so you gotta find a balance between being efficient and Producing a good quality of work. You know, um, if if your priority is just efficiency, you're going to have a crappy product at the end. You might get it done as fast as possible. But you're going to overlook things. You're going to overlook errors. You're going to overlook scratches. You're going to overlook imperfections. And it just reflects negatively on you. On the flip side, if you take too long and you're too much of a perfectionist, kind of like I am. I've had to learn that the hard way of knowing when enough is enough, knowing that there's a tolerance, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect because you see a detail that most people will not see. Yeah. And it still bugs me, and I still want to prevent that next time, so it's either spending a little time trying to minimize a mistake and make it as invisible as possible, but then also, you know, why did I do it this way? And and I gotta make sure that I the next time I'm presented with an opportunity to make the same the same item or, or, or do the same process, whatever it is, that you have to take the, the lessons with you every step of the way, every month, every year. And you know, for me now it I, I build cabinets and countertops all day. It's I do it without thinking. Um, I look at a, a a layout, a blueprint, and I can
0: You already know. I break down all the
1: parts in my head. Yeah. You know, and I know all the sizes. I know how we're going to assemble it. Granted, there are other ways to do it. But how we assemble, how we uh, uh, build our cabinets, I've got that process down pat to where it's effortless. It's, it's, It's without thinking. It allows me to be as efficient as I can while also giving me the clarity to think ahead on the next step. You know, so working on whatever the task is at hand in that moment you want to be efficient but at the same time if all your focus is on that and you're not thinking about the next step then you're going to be taking a step back later you're gonna you're gonna move on and you didn't really think this part through you but you emphasized all the time on this drawer box but you didn't think through how the drawer front was going to mount to it and what what you might face if it doesn't if it's not even, if it's crooked, you know. And again, a lot of that is just the repetition of, of, of just the facing problems as they come and overcoming them as efficiently as possible. Uh, you know, we we've definitely grown a lot over the last twelve years that I've been there. I've, uh, you know, me and me and Dad specifically. He's, he's my my biggest inspiration, you know, and he, um, he has his limitations too, and he, there are things that he couldn't teach me because he doesn't know. I still want to learn them, and I have the four brick walls, the tools, and the opportunity to experiment, and so I take that on my own. You know, we don't do much woodwork. We don't uh, do much finishing, but we have in the past, and I got all of the hands-on experience that I could. It drew me in and it made me want to create stuff for my house, um, of which that turned into creating stuff for other people, you know, and I have examples of things that, as a company, we would never do. We're never gonna go after this kind of work. It's, It's not profitable for us, but for me, even though it likely wasn't profitable for me either, because I'm learning on the go, the experience that you gain from it is more valuable than the money. Yep. You know, um, the next time you make a a custom island, you've got background knowledge, you have how-tos, how-not-tos in your head. You're, You're able to envision it from start to finish better than you might for the first time, and a lot of our our trade really is patience. You know, you, you have to be patient. You have to absorb information. In. And if at any point you feel like you're you're you, you you dread taking on the next step, or you dread doing something, you know, there, I don't like sanding. I don't think anybody really enjoys sanding. Sanding is a disaster. But it's a necessary disaster. It's it's necessary to every process we do whether you're sanding melamine to scuff the surface for laminating or you're sanding your wooden table to prep it for finish you know you rush through it you're going to get a crappy end result you're going to see those little swirl marks imperfections if you don't go within with the grain and at the same time you take your time the end result you know you you'll see the difference between being efficient and your quality of work, and finding the balance of that really just comes with the hands-on experience, you know? I can't wait to start designing things and doing 3D models, you know, but it it was necessary to have hours and hours and hours and hours, Saturdays after Saturdays. I I am at the shop every Saturday, and I'm not always working on Saturday. Sometimes I have to, Sometimes it, it's required because of a deadline, you know, but that Saturday is either my opportunity to make extra money or to advance my skills. And I can't stay home. I've tried to stay home when, you know, say my back is sore, hurting, I haven't had a day off in a while. And I just get antsy. And I just feel like a waste. Like, I I don't understand. I can't sit here and play video games like I used to. You know, I can't sit here and just watch a show. I, really uh most likely I start picturing things that I want to build in the house and I'll get ideas that'll fill my schedule and, and keep me busy you know something new to experiment with and um it's it's been an incredible journey but I would say that the passion for for creating something out of nothing and and, and the rewarding feeling of somebody's somebody's just reaction you know it might even be my own reaction can't believe I did that. You know, it really is, uh, that's what's propelled me this far. That's the reason that I'm here doing this with you. There are a lot of things that I was uncomfortable doing. There were a lot of things that I was scared to do. But I still wanted to learn. I had less excuses than most people would have. You know, because I had the access to a shop I had the access to tools I didn't have to pay I didn't even have to pay to rent out space dad saw me in that passion wanting to advance my skills and you know he really only only helped me go at it full force. you know he he would help out wherever he could or advise me on things that he he knew from his own experience but I've I've uh ventured out into different areas that that he he either hasn't or he's done a long time ago and realized it's not as profitable you know and for our small business it's me my dad and my mom and i do most of the fabrication myself there really isn't time to experiment as a small business you know it, it is it's it's difficult for us to take big risks um because next month i mean it could be the case for any given business but next month isn't guaranteed you know and you don't know that it, you're going to you're going to maintain the relationships with people even if you do everything right they still might just take a chance on someone else cuz they're a little bit cheaper and it's like you know you you'll go above and beyond for people and you need to find balance there too because you'll get taken advantage of it'll be expected for you to make everything so installer friendly that you might as well have just popped it up there and not charged because it was effortless. No, we we think ahead to make installer's job as easy as possible, you know, but that reflects positively on us from the installer's point of view, but it isn't necessarily appreciated from the project manager's point of view. Now, if all they hear is good things about the, the millwork or the casework as it was ins- installed, you know they're more likely to continue to use us or continue to send us future jobs, but the you know the positive feedback there is who are we impacting the most? And it's the customer and it's the installers. Then it's the contractor whomever we're doing the work for. You know, so you have a the customer that's going to see it, see the product that they're paying for, and if they're not happy, then your contractor's not happy. If the contractor's not happy, you might not get another job yeah you know and and there's there's risk every day so which as a small business we need to minimize our risk but we also both need to step out of our comfort zones and and take it a step further too you know because we will we will be obsolete and it will come to a point where you know shops just have employees operating equipment every single step of the way and everything does it for you in our cases, it's a lot more hands-on and, and measuring and cutting each individual piece, you know. Um, but anyway, I'll let's, yeah. let's get so, a chance to move on with that. Um,
0: yeah. We definitely touched a lot about the shop aspect in the field and mm-hmm. um, your experience. Have you dabbled with anything on the office side of the the millwork industry in your family business? Um, it's
1: it's been minimal, but. Um, for example, I, I know how to read blueprints. Um, like I said, I, I, we do, you know, if I, if I get a layout, I don't necessarily need an optimized cut list to get started. I, it's all broken down in my head. And other than making a, you know, like a checklist and making sure you have everything, um, I can do things without thinking because of it that answered your question
0: yeah in in a way have you um like have you dabbled or scratched the surface with like project management or even uh estimating stuff with like your dad um you know that that kind of side of the business
1: a little bit and more uh it's it's been more on the observing observing and, and, and and you know being present while he's discussing something and it's okay, and it's really good to ask questions, really, but you need to know when the right time is. Yeah. So, you know, once, let's say in, in this case my, my father is speaking with a project manager, and I'm there at the job site. They're going over some of the fine details. If I got a question, the time to ask dad is when we get back in the car. Not to sit there and interrupt what they're, they're doing, what they're discussing, because, you know, I learned some of these things the hard way. Not by having a negative feedback, but more so that you you can just interrupt somebody's train of thought, you know. And your question could be valid; it could be a good question. But at project manager, you know, uh, they they have their own job to do. They're dealing with the different trades, you know, and and making sure everybody is at a walkthrough or whatever it might be. Um, the time for questions as a as a, a up and coming uh, fabricator mill worker, is is it's important to 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 find to do it at the right time. And I can't necessarily say when the right time is. I just know it's it's fairly clear when's the wrong time. Yeah, you know. So read when read the room and right. see you, you know. you're feeling stress and you're feeling the pressure just from just from being present, it's not the time to ask a silly question. And it might be a silly question that you need an answer to because it's going to help your development yeah but yeah reading in the room you know and and it it's uh you you earn respect that way too both from your father and i know you will and and with your experience but then also with the 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 people that you're in business with you know and they they see uh they want to see people our age that want to learn you know and if you're eager to learn, if you're asking questions, if you're engaged, you're more likely to get that one-on-one teaching experience. You know, I mean, most of most of the information that I have or the knowledge I have is from somebody teaching me hands-on. Um, I've read articles, I've watched, uh, you know, tutorials on things that I've experienced, w- experimented with on my own, but. For the most part, I was taught everything by someone else, and their way might not be the right way. It just might be the only way they know. And that's where I get back into that experimenting on my own a little bit to try to see if I can do something better. Yeah. You know. It, but we also, as as we as we as we get into other areas, like let's say you deeper into fabrication and me deeper into the office in general but also it applies here you need to you need to take cr- constructive criticism absolutely and you need to be able to handle that and <clears throat> like I'm, I'm i'm a very proud person but you also uh I mean, you really make yourself look bad if you can't
0: accept accept c- criticism right, right. Not, and it, not in a negative way but more in a positive way to to learn
1: right like if if somebody's giving you the time of day to tell you something that they recognize yeah it depends on their approach you know they could do it just to
0: uh, maybe take talk down talk down you
1: or yeah right but there's also the you know the the people that see see your interest your investment and your eagerness to learn they're gonna be more willing to show you and more willing to answer those questions. But you know, we're all we're all human. We all have our own problems in our personal lives that going on and uh our own responsibilities at work. You know, so when as as a being young and, and as a young kid and uh just getting started into this uh this career, I it was a learning experience of you know uh, feeling like my question is necessary but if you ask it even even if let's say you you ask the question later and you feel that you're it's in the best interest to wait because it's not the right time there have been times I'm talking with dad and dad will say well why didn't you bring that up okay <laughs> what do you mean like i thought it <laughs> yeah I thought it was all about finding the right time to, right. you know, I mean, and, and so you, you, you learn, you're learning from experience, but you got to be involved, you got to be involved everywhere. And so I have a, a general idea of the pricing, of the bidding process, um, I can read prints, but for the most part, that's being done while I'm producing something, you know, mm-hmm. while, I, while I'm in the shop, building something, by the time I'm done with that, the next job is coming through. That's what our company had required or needed from me the most, and that's what I wanted to do the most, was the hands-on learning, you know? Back when I was in high school, me and Dad had talked about the CNC, and I had showed them things that I was creating, the documentation of it, looking at all of it, my model, And but we uh, we really, at the time, we needed somebody to build countertops, or we needed somebody to laminate, build drawer boxes, cabinets, and Um, I guess I've, I've, I've taken advantage of the opportunities that they, as they present themselves, but I've created a lot more for me too. And that's why I'm a little more experienced than, and even you will be too, a little more experienced than other people your age is because we have the direct connection to dad. Yeah. You know, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get more one-on-one time whether it is at home, whether it is just in the office, just you two talking and chit-chatting, you know.
0: On the ride to a job set. On the
1: ride back. And you're going to go over things and you're finding the time to ask those questions. You know, we, we are very fortunate. And we need to take advantage of that opportunity because they're only going to get older. Sooner or later, our dads aren't going to be able to show us. They're only going to be able to tell us, you know take advantage if if dad can show you what he means as opposed to just trying to explain it to you because we're, we're losing that. Yeah. You know, we are, we're losing the, the hands-on lessons. I've, I've been taught by five or six different people that different, different tips and tricks and, and something, you know, my dad never knew anything about. I showed him, you know, I've showed him how to fix a, 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 a laminated edge or how to, Get a seam to match up perfectly without having to measure it exactly, and get be precise with the laminate. There's, there's, people learn tricks of the trades, you know, and it's being, it's, it's. They're going to be lost. They're going to be lost if we don't take advantage of the opportunity to learn them. Pick up as much as you can. But a lot of that, you need to be passionate about this. Um, It, our, our, our line of work especially on the if we're more on the commercial side really you don't get you don't get that rewarded rewarding feeling as much you know it's it is more about just getting a product to a job site whether you're installing it or you're not when that's all said and done you're moving on to the next job and you're not thinking about that and you're hoping you it doesn't come up again you're hoping you don't get a call from that guy because it's usually a problem it's usually a you know a something that they they don't like or that they don't accept with it so the goal is to not get calls at least in the first week or so after a job is done and
0: unless the compliments right unless it's compliments
1: or saying i got another one for you
0: right yeah um a a little another kind of like a question that i have and we kind of touched on this already but figured i'd ask again um what's your personal favorite department and you know having Exposure to a lot of things, um, given you're in the family business, if you had to narrow down your favorite, whether it's installing, assembling, finishing, you know what would you say your personal favorite is? or just the general concept of bringing an idea to life
1: yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily want to say. It. Say it like that, but really, uh, it it's just the the ability to create. You know, to I, I look at a bunk of boards, and I know that they're, it's about to turn into thirty cabinets. You know, and somebody else on the outside will look at that and say, "Well, how did you do that?" Well, yeah. there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of steps involved, and there's a lot of a lot of mistakes and learning along the way. You know, so um, for me, I think that. I think what I appreciate the most really is is creating something from nothing from yeah. scratch, you know, and, and that's why I've ventured off into fixing vehicles and the machine maintenance and, you know, a, a, a machine isn't working properly. To, for example, our table saw fence is a little snug in the back, starting to burn. And there's adjustments. There's adjustments for the fence, for the table itself, for the blade um and as you use it over and over every day they you know the vibrations alone things will move and go a little out of square and you usually don't uh you don't recognize something until it's on a finished product too yeah. late for example there are times where I'm doing edge banding I'm edge banding some doors but I cut all these doors on the table saw and it was 1 degree off so it was 91 degrees or, or, or let's say, in our, uh, 44 degrees. Okay. I, either way, you have you have a, a slight angle to it. You run it through a machine that's designed for square edges, and it's applying glue, it's applying your edging, trimming, finishing as it comes out. It looks good, and it's stuck on there, but the backside has a lip. The backside has no glue because you had a teeny angle to it, and you didn't check your blade first. So now all these doors that I just cut up on there because I didn't think ahead or I didn't remember making this mistake before, you know, now all these doors either got to be skimmed down a little bit again and your gaps are going to be bigger. And you have to make sacrifices because
0: of a one degree difference. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. It really is. Yeah. Um, That's uh, a... you know, it's a, it's a simple thing, but it makes it a big difference. Um, another question I got: um, Are there any projects that that you've done that you're you know most proud of? Um,
1: well, I would say that the one that I'm most proud of was I made a vanity cabinet, cabinet, and a medicine cabinet for my gra- grandparents. And um, at the time, I had never worked with uh, face frame cabinets. No experience with it. I had never made uh, shaker doors. And I made a lot of mistakes. But even though that project took me a lot longer than it probably should have, I think the, the biggest lesson I learned from it was that I went into it too confident. I was like, oh, I make cabinets every day. Oh, I know how to stain wood. And then, yeah, I do. Wiping the stain on, wiping it off, allowing it to dry. But like I said, the difference between quickly sanding and, I guess, slow but efficiently sanding, your end result shows imperfections or it doesn't based on the time you invest in it. So... There are a lot of lessons that I learned with that. When I was making doors, I didn't—I uh, made the shaker doors. I didn't clean up my wood glue. I mean, I did, but not as well as I should have. Or I—I I used a lot more than I needed to, and it caused a big mess, a big cleanup. Long story short, I ended up making new doors because the stain would show all the wood glue, and the little wood glue spots wouldn't take stain. Um, now you try to sand that area and you fixing it, but but really once you apply stain to one area and you're trying to sand and fix another there's already going to be conflict they're not yeah. they're not going to be identical you might get away with it if you have let's say if you just resand the whole surface which in some cases I've done but the 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 ability to to like make i mean my my grandparents and my parents and family they're all proud of me but you know, to uh, have that opportunity to provide something for them was very rewarding. Um, you know, I also made a, and I had sent you some pictures of it, I made a, a Barnwood Island. And it was, uh, had a, has two little, or three little dog bowls for customer's dog, and there's two pallets that I created to mimic pallets, but they're shelves for storage. And she's uh, the customer. She's a baker, so this is her like baking station for prepping her cakes or whatever it is. And um, there's a personal connection there, but the opportunity to try something new that I mean, even dad has never experienced. Dad has never worked with anything like this. I mean, you're making cuts, but you really can't mess up the natural look of the wood because yeah. that's that's the end result is natural. So that uh, sawed or milled milled uh, rough surface of the wood and then the aging and the color that comes with it, that one was very unique for me and, and a good le- learning experience just because it was a first. It, it, you know, it was a, a, a first for me that at least if I ever have an opportunity to do something like that again, I've got drawings, cut lists, pictures, I've got documentation, information from that project that I can refresh my memory. You know, I got notes of things, what not to do or where things went wrong. I I try to be as thorough as possible with it, but um, again, that's trying not to make the same mistakes twice. So you you jot down things and, and, you know, how much time it took you to overcome an error and... um, not to mention the, let's say, like the added cost or or the hit on your profit because of it, you know so the the lessons are valuable in themselves, but also it I've reached a point where I can't I shouldn't be making little mistakes like this. I don't really anymore, but I'm still human. you know i'll I'll uh, I'll mark something on my tape measure and I'll mark five eighths instead of three eighths and I just I just glanced at it. Made my mark, thought I was right, boom. And then, okay, fortunately this time I cut it big, not small, you know, but that's the measure twice, cut once. That's the saying, you know, yeah. you, you uh, double-check in your work to prevent future errors or, you know, you get a finished product that just needs one final cut, but it took five steps to get it to this point, you know. You cut that wrong, you're starting all over. And and so l- learning from both my side work and the opportunities that uh, the business has presented to me, I think they've all, they've all kind of tied together to create or shape who I am. And, uh, you know, I, there's a, a lot, of, like I, we've mentioned a little earlier, a lot of wasted time, but I feel like, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I don't regret it. I wouldn't change anything. I've I sacrificed going out and spending time with friends on the weekends to be at the shop making something.
0: It's it's kind of like part of the process of learning and developing yeah. your your skills and um, yourself as a person too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they like you said, you know, sacrificing, you know, going out. I mean, that's something I do too. Is it's if you want it that bad, you you're gonna have to make some sacrifices, yeah. and if you want to get better, you're gonna have to, you know, pick. And choose what you spend your time on wisely Mm -hmm. because you need to to take advantage of the the time you have now to invest in yourself and and further develop uh your skills um it kind of leads me into my next question about um challenges that you faced and how you've you know overcome them um (laughs) to kind of get where you where you're at uh now
1: Biggest challenge, I would say, to this point is majority of the time my dad's right.
0: Majority of the time, is that like a tough pill to swallow type
1: of thing? Yeah, where it's it's the biggest challenge had been uh, respecting the experience of other people. It's not to the not not necessarily to say that I. I disrespected or didn't think they knew what they were saying. It was it's this perfectionist in me. It's it's if I see something that I think tweaking it is is going to help us more beneficial faster you know I want to try it. I want to do it. I want to explore that avenue, but I've had to respect the knowledge that the people who bef- you know before me where the knowledge they have and that they've already made experience you know uh, mistakes rather. They've already experienced a lot of these trial and error you know uh, situations that that if they're trying to prevent you from over you know or prevent you from making the same mistake is you gotta you gotta find a balance there too because sometimes learning on your own, as necessary but if if someone's telling you how not to do something because they know better take it yeah you know take it and 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 absorb all that information in so yeah just um just respecting that the fact that my dad's already done this been through this been through hundreds of projects before i was even started you know i mean and we we are at a level where there's a lot more collaboration now Um, and a lot more open to new ideas and, and trying things, uh, trying things differently, but I also see where in the past I might have been so eager to do something differently for no reason. Really, I've just like, oh, well, my mind's rolling and I'm thinking of how I might, uh, I keep going back to this drawer box example, make a drawer box station that might be more effective for all different types of drawer boxes. And, you know you spend all this time on something that dad will put together in 3 minutes and you got a you got a jig that works perfect your fancy jig is fancy and it's it's overkill you know and you've spent a lot of time creating something that just isn't really necessary you know especially if it's not something you do often right like there are times where we'll have a unique situation and I want to dive in and invest the time making a fancy jig but Sometimes uh, you know, let's say if you only need to use it once, and you don't see yourself in a position of needing it again, you you need to you need to draw a line at, at at how much of a perfectionist your your approach is with this, because for me it's that's that's a that's always been a challenge of wanting to be too perfect or wanting to be as best. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. You know, I want to be. Irreplaceable. I want to be, and I am, unique, but I want to be better than than the people before me. I want to take their information and apply it to my own experiences and, and, and keep that knowledge moving from generation to generation. I just don't know many people like me. I don't know many people our age that are uh,
0: doing this type of work
1: yeah, or that i don't I don't know of anyone that even is interested. like there could be. and that's why I see the value of this podcast is that especially with the technology we' are you know we're on our phones, we're listening to podcasts, YouTubes, and it just during the day, you get to the point where you know if you're at work and you're you're at a job that you don't like and you are listening to podcasts about something that you're interested in and you want to do, and you're hearing a bunch of younger people talking about their experience, it could be the difference it could be the difference between you saying, you know what, I'm 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 going to find a, an internship, I'm going to find a place I can get a entry level job in. I'm going to put my two weeks in here and I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. But you got to get you got to take that first step and, and and really be open to the possibilities because they're endless. There's so much that you can create with your hands with this equipment with CNC and it just keeps getting more and more advanced.
0: And it's never going to go away either. Right, right. There's a, there's always creation, and mm-hmm. as long as we're here to provide and build, to create too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're never going to be jobless with this industry. Right. Yeah. There's always a need for people like us in the industry.
1: And I I know I had heard on one of your other uh, your other episodes that you talked about of I forget what was the what was the rate that you said of older Um, generations retiring versus coming in
0: so it's uh it's about um for every like 10 people leaving the the trade there's between i think it was like three or four people coming in if that and you know there's at the rate that we're going i mean yeah machines are you know starting to replace people but you still need the people to run those machines you need people to fabricate and do like the the die walls that a machine can't do. Mm-hmm. A machine can't put together a die wall. Yeah. You know, you you still the skill to create certain products is still needed. And if more if the people that have that skill are leaving and not passing it down, right. it's gonna make our industry difficult because we're gonna be looking for people that have that skill, but they don't exist. Or the other thing is we need to figure out as like a company how can we train new people to develop those skills and how right. can we do it efficiently right. cuz obviously you know you know this first hand it takes time right. takes repetition to to learn and develop the the strong skills mm-hmm. um and being able to reciprocate that and teach other people is going to be valuable and another kind of like a side note is, you know, people like to gate gatekeep their skills and yeah. it's like, why do you why would you wanna do that when you know the industry is is it's starting to dry up of these skilled people and it's like, dude, you gotta teach other people because in the the long run it's only gonna be helpful.
1: That's one thing that I I agree and I I've, I've seen that, but I also I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by people that were more than willing to teach and more than willing to share with me, and I've learned a lot, a lot from my father. But there are former employees of his that are working somewhere else now who have taught me things. Who, you know, I've filled in helping them out with installs and learning some tricks that I n- I've never seen seen before. And maybe dad knows, maybe he doesn't know, but I haven't faced it yet. I haven't been in a situation where I needed to come up with a solution for this. And the more exposure, you know, really, you, your your older generation, they're going to be willing to share and teach as long as, as your interest and your passion is there. But if you're, like I said, if you're if you continue handing somebody the wrong screws, I mean, they're I'm just going to say, wait, look, we need a new helper. This guy doesn't even care enough to know what an inch and a half screw is. Yes. Or, you know. So y- you have to, uh, I feel there has to be a certain level of passion in this, in this business, whether we're young, old, but the older generation seeing the youth, seeing somebody who wa- is eager and wants to learn and wants to absorb as much as possible, I mean, yeah, there's still people out there that feel like, well, I still got 15 years till I retire, and I want to, I want to teach them all my tricks, you know, and it's a shame. It okay. really is, and I, I understand. Hey, that's your job security. You have a family, you know, but it is a shame that uh, some people are reluctant to pass that on, you know, and that's where me and you were fortunate that, you know, our fathers are. Both going to be teachers to their employees because they need they're expecting certain results from them. But then they're going to get even deeper with me, you and me. Even more in depth about any given topic, and they're going to answer these questions as long as the interest is there. You just take advantage of the the outsiders that that have no ties to you and owe you nothing because if they're giving you information, I mean, I I've never to this point been led wrong or been you know, guided in a way that someone was trying to sabotage me. Mm-hmm. It's possible, I'm sure. You know, and I'm sure if you're if you're in a, in a shop setting with oh, 10 to 15 right. employees, that's all good. Um, if you're in a shop setting, 10 to 15 employees, I mean, there's going to be people there who feel like they need to make more money and they want to ask for more money, but, you know, they start asking for more money and this guy here who just started it can do it for... Five dollars an hour cheaper. I mean it, you know, people will start uh just looking out for themselves. Yeah. See, me personally, I'm not gonna go out of my way to try to convince somebody to take the information I have. I'm not gonna go out of my way to, to force it onto anybody. But you've already shown me enough that I'm willing to share and I'm willing to engage, and I'm willing to grow this relationship on a personal level and a business level because I don't know anyone. I ha- it's it's not that I I haven't. Uh, it's not that I'm reluctant to share. You know, it, it's more so that I there's nobody really to share it with.
0: Right. Hopefully,
1: doing something like this, we are able to uh, just connect, connect. Yeah. To, you know, to network, to connect to other people to to give people a, a chance to try something new you know and and it is it's a trade that's not going away you know it's only anything the demand is only going to increase as people start to retire absolutely you know, and the the problem is as we've discussed with that is people start to retire you're losing those skills you're losing those little tricks those you know the install uh install uh, uh repairs or or on site you know whatever it is i i, I guess it's it's there's so, there's so much that we in this trade that we are get involved with where we constantly are learning but you also have to be ready and move on to the next job right so you know with this project or this podcast rather coming up um i spent some time digging deep into when i first started and it was un- unlocking a lot of closed doors that i i i've just forgotten about things i forgot about how much i hated being a helper you know I, for, I i dreaded it so much and it was i wanted to just quit i wanted to do something else like i don't i i didn't come here to just really to clean up after people and hand them the tools but you start to understand what the tools do you start to understand the way the people think and why they're thinking this way and all necessary it all ties together in the long run and you need to be patient and you need to you need to just be a sponge you need to be a so sponge it up. To, for anybody young or older getting into this you know you just have to be willing to learn but be patient because there's so much to learn it can't be all thrown at you at once because you will fail you'll you'll <laughs> most likely want to give up if you are thrown too many things you have to reach a certain level of, of, uh, internal confidence in your abilities before taking on the next step, you know, and, and, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. And, um, kind of on a, I'm s- slowly closing it up now. Um, just overall thoughts on the industry. Like, you know, what are you thinking? Um you know, in general, or, you know, maybe the direction we might be heading into, um, what are your thoughts on it?
1: It's going to be very limited, um, because I still have so much to learn. See, my experience has been a lot of doing things old school, the hard way, with hand tools, with, you know, lesser quality equipment, and, um, I don't know enough about it to really be able to uh, to comment on it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'm going into, this, this is 12 years for me now and I still have so much to learn, but I prioritized perfecting my craft in other areas before taking that step, you know, because at the end of the day, I have to be hands-on. I have to be involved one way or the other I, I can't imagine myself sitting at a desk doing bids and creating drawings all day. you know I if it ever gets to a point that um you know that uh for example, we have we have people estimating for us or we have people doing drawings. I'm I'm still gonna opt for shop field work and wanting to be involved one way or the other in some form of project management or you know, picking up the slack you know making up for a mistake that was made because things happen we are we are all human and and things are bound to happen we're bound to make little errors or even the machines sometimes they uh you know they need to be maintenance and if they're not you don't notice something until it's a little too late but um the moving forward it, it, technology is only continuing to advance and if uh If I want any kind of future in this trade, I need to advance with it. Absolutely. But I feel that the 12 years I've invested were very necessary. And without it, you you, you need to know why you're doing something every step of the way. If you're just doing what you're told, you can't think for yourself. You know, you can't, Think on your feet uh, in a moment's notice. How are you going to handle something as it goes wrong? You know, if you're just taught to follow instructions, uh, you're going to be very limited and, and likely um, likely want to get out of, out of the trade. You know, I mean, for me, it's following instructions, but then also your mind needs to be rolling. You need to be thinking it through, and, and you, you know, you do – as, as a young employee uh, just getting started, do what you're told, keep your head down, but your eyes up, you know, learn, don't, don't, don't force your way into, uh, uh, into really any given conversation because it, it won't be respected. It'll be, it'll be looked down on. You know, you, you're, we as people were, you see, uh, look, I'm, I'm young, but, if I were to see a 15, 16-year-old kid come in and start throwing ideas at me, I'd be like, listen, man, I, got, I know your mind's working that way, but, like, I've already hands-on experience with this. I have project after project. I've already dealt with this. So we, we, it's a it's equally important to pass skills on, but then to put the time in yourself refining those skills, you know, and. Um, there's still so much for me to learn that I'm I'm looking forward to because it um, in a way I feel like I've got the hard part down. Uh, I think that because of the experience fabricating, assembling, uh, finishing, installing, you know when the time comes that I get behind that computer and I start designing, I mean I I already break it down in my head. I can already, visualize all my parts just being separated and and how they're going to come together um and it'll make that job that much easier that much more efficient for me to to uh you know to do because we we've or me in my case have the hands-on experience I've I've handled these situations and I've done it the wrong way before and I know why something won't work everything everything uh, from the sweeping to figuring out the easiest way to install wall cabinets by yourself you know like it, there's there's so much out there for us to absorb and i feel like i've i've had i've taken advantage of everything that i could up until this point if anything i need to i need a what's the word i need a little boost into the next direction I if, you know i need some this is in a way this is me taking that step i'm not a very open person you know i, I most people don't know about my experiences and i work by myself now yet yeah, sometimes dad is there helping me fabricate or he's in the office but in the past i had worked with other employees today i'm by myself so i think uh You know, I, most of all, I would say, for people coming into the industry or people that want to get started, you know, they're not going to have the same. I don't want to call it handout, but handout for lack of a better word. As me and you, because any father that sees their son is interested in what they do, they're gonna, they're just gonna take full advantage. They're gonna give them everything they can everything they can handle, you know, but there are a lot of people that, that, you know, don't come from the trades or their parents don't come from the trades or they don't support that as a career path, you know, and my advice would be for someone interested at in a younger age or at any age, really start by refinishing a project. It's something that you can do pretty, uh, affordable and it's something you can do at home. Uh, grab uh you know go to a let's say a thrift store like go to a goodwill find yourself a table find yourself a table and um you know you're gonna get a used table for cheap you go to yourself or the hardware store get some sandpaper get some spray paint get some stain and experiment you know because then at least the only investment that you're real making you're really making is it's minimal and financially but it's time and eventually it's going to be learning how to do something the right way or how not to do it next time, you know? Right. And I think that, that is one of the things that I started with where I, I did exactly that. I bought a garage table, a uh, garage sale table. It was a maple finished, uh, table and I took it apart. I sanded everything down and I just created some really unique spray paint designs. Um, it was at the very beginning, back when I was a helper and limited to what tools I was even able to use. Eventually, from you know taking on other projects on my own, experimenting with the wood, with the staining and finishing, I pulled that same table back to the shop, I sanded it down again, I'm showing the maple, and I brought it to life in a different way. So I refinished something the first time that the end result was one of one. It was unique. It I was I was proud of it. And it might have cost me maybe twenty bucks the second time around. Probably close to the same expense, but the end result was beautiful. It was it wasn't some spray paint kid's heck job. It was stained, finished with a, a rub on oil finish, you know, and I went through that. I put my stain on and I see all these swirl marks. Because of rushing through the sanding, I know I mentioned it earlier, but it's it's uh, the things that you won't know better unless you experience it, unless you're you're engaged and you have your hands on it. You know you're you're gonna feel a surface and say that it's sanded smooth and it is, but if it's not sanded properly, you'll show everything will show at the end result, and you'll have to go back and do it all over again. And I did, and I overcame that. And I have this beautiful table now, this beautiful maple table with a cherry red stain, and it it's one of my uh, showpieces at home. And I, I didn't even make the table; I could make the table. It's just a very, very simple square table. But at the time, it was like, okay, well, I'm limited on resources, but also limited financially. Let me let me get something that I that is already built. And that I can kind of just make it my own, make it one of one, you know, make it very unique, and that's what I did. That was that was one of the things that I, I started off on my own, and that's it's I've I've made coat racks and shelves and uh, pantry cabinets and islands and all kinds of things since then. But it was the affordable approach of just getting diving in, getting my hands on and, and trying to create something completely different at the end that I would be proud of, you know, and I was proud the first time and I was pissed off the second time because I rushed through it. And third time end result is beautiful, you know, and it was, there's a lot of lessons involved in that one goodwill table. Yeah. And that's why I would say that it's, it's something that most people can just do at home. You can, you, know, you get yourself a, a small. It could be a a wooden fixture, a a, a, a table weight, or a, you know, I guess a picture frame. Anything really, and make it your own. Envision what you want to do. Jot down all of your uh, all of your your expenses involved in it, both the cost of what you purchased, used, and the supplies you're going to need. Um, and you can do things by hand you don't you know i didn't need special equipment to just sand and finish a table to refinish a table and uh and i i love that table it's that's what i it i took off from there a- after that table i just i still have the fear the nerves of approaching something new for the first time but i know that i can overcome adversity I know that I can overcome the challenges that will present itself even if I haven't faced this challenge yet. And there's a lot that I still haven't faced. There's a lot that I still have to learn. But the, the growing confidence is getting stronger day by day, week by week, year by year. You know, it's, it's, it's truly uh, it's helping shape me in many ways because I'm now I fix all of our equipment too. And I make make sure it's all maintained, and I understand how every part of the machine operates and, and how it functions, and, the, and when it's not functioning right. Um, the passion for me is just getting being hands on and and knowing that I did something, start to finish on my own, whether it is creating or fixing. Um, you know, for me, it's a uh, it's been incredible, and I and I I love it. I love what I do. I love what I'm capable of doing, and I know that there's so much more for me to grow and learn. And I look forward to it. I look forward to the opportunity to keep advancing, keep advancing my knowledge and my uh, my experience.
0: Right now, one of the things that you were talking about in terms of like advice for other people is to literally just get started doing something. Is oh yeah. There, Um, you know, if you were to give like another piece of advice or even something that, um, maybe you wish you knew when you first started that you know now, is there anything like that that you would, you might give to, you know, anybody that's just starting out?
1: You have to be patient and you have to, you have to listen more than you're, more than you speak because you don't know what you're talking about so it's it's being able to accept the fact that you don't know anything but you're eager to, er, eager to, eager to learn so your your approach needs to be needs to show the the uh initi- you know you taking the initiative and wanting to try something new but also you need to be patient because it comes with time there's so many steps to a final product And there's so many steps that are necessary to learn. And when you start getting into the equipment and uh, operating the machines, I mean, for the most part, they all have safeguards and and safety features, you know. But you can get hurt. You can get hurt with a chisel. You can get hurt with an edge manner. you can get hurt with a table saw. I mean, there's a lot. There's a long list of ways that it can bite you, literally. And you got to just, you need to be patient and absorb the information because it's it's all a necessary building block towards getting to the end result you know you can look at any image of a piece of furniture or something you see online and you can confidently believe that you can you can do that you can build it but unless you go through all the steps a through z learning overcoming mistakes uh you know you're you're most likely not going to be happy with that end result unless you, you're patient and you you invest the time into perfecting each step. You know that you gotta you can't rush through it. The the more you know, there's being efficient and and being too fast. You know, there's people who will uh, say, "Oh well," that, for example, they can build cabinets faster than me, but they're more likely to make errors, or they're more likely to to cut things wrong, or you know. You find a balance between that that uh, level of uh, efficiency that's required, but then also the the patience necessary before taking on the next role or the next step. Because I, I'm I I had all the opportunity and I was eager and I wanted to rush into things and I learned the hard way that you know I still don't fully grasp. Step A yet you know i are i can do it but i can't do it with a blindfold you know i can't do it without thinking i got to do the math and do calculations and just there's there's uh you know it's all a process that does take time and the sooner you get into it um you know there's so so much of value that comes from this trade that even if it isn't for you three four years from now just the ability to work with your hands uh hand tools fixing, repairing things, understanding how things are assembled. You know, I I fix everything in my home, for the most part. Uh, Fix everything at work, for the most part. I know where my limitations are, but also I, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have the same fear holding me back like I used to, and it was, it took a lot of patience, and it took a lot of absorbing information to get to this point, and a lot of trial and error. So I I would just say that patience is the big word. Patience because, like I said, I I almost wanted to quit when I was a helper and just go work for a machine company or, you know, uh, whatever it was, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that I stuck out even through the rough patches when business is slow and you're limited to only a couple tasks and you're going to have limited hours because of it. I stuck it out through hard times and it's helped, um, it's helped me shape me and appreciate how far I've come today. You know, it's, it's been an incredible journey and, and I really wouldn't change a thing.
0: Nice. That's a, it's an awesome story too. Um, kind of like on a closing thoughts, like, uh, you no know, matter any other things you'd like to, you know, share out there. Um, and, uh, you know, if people were to be able to contact you too, you know, what, what methods can they reach, reach out to you?
1: Um, let's see. Well, uh, you, you can reach me at my, my work email for now. It would be, uh, Luke, L-U-K-E at A and A cabinets, Inc. Now I'll, uh, make sure that Marco has that for the, uh
0: description description description, right
1: um but for me i have a little list here and and these are going to be simple things that probably uh probably aren't necessary to say but they're they're important getting a good night's sleep so any advice to anybody starting a new career quality of sleep will affect you not only on Monday, but it'll really affect you on Friday. And by the time you get to Friday, and if you're only cutting, you know, uh, uh, get limiting yourself because you want to stay up late watching TV, or or you're, uh, you know, in, in some cases you're, let's say you're going to school and you're you have no choice. But the quality of sleep is very important because it it's the difference between being able to be at your best on Friday, or dogging it and just can't wait for the day to end. And if you look at it from the company's perspective, they need you to be at your best you know and and if you're to expect any kind of increases or being paid top dollar, whatever it is, you've got to be at your best all the time there isn't there isn't room for slacking off and 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 you know yawning every ten seconds or or taking a hour poops or whatever you know you can. Yeah. It's all uh, it's all necessary, but you also the the energy level and how you take care of your body, being that it's a physical job. Now it's not physically exhaustive like it would be doing granite, but you're on your feet all day, and in most most shops you're going to be on concrete all day. So, investing in quality shoes and alternating those shoes. You know, for me, I'm I'm on my feet at least eight hours a day, but a lot of days it's 10 to 12 and, um, you know, I have a hard time. I don't like taking a lunch break. I don't usually just, I work through the lunch break or I'll take a quick break. I have a hard time with that. And I've started to notice that, you know, after all these years now, some things, little tweaks to my daily routine a good, a good healthy breakfast, good quality sleep, uh, alternating gym shoes so they're not wearing down faster. Where my feet aren't going to hurt, my knees aren't going to hurt, my back isn't going to hurt. Um, it's all anything. If you're doing physical labor, aches and pains are going to be inevitable. And taking care of your body, and taking preventative measures is is uh, is very important. That's something I wanted to add here that can apply to any job. You know, it's it's. Uh, was something that I didn't take seriously at the beginning, and now is more of a priority for me. Um, and then stepping outside of your comfort zone. Uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I, I, uh, doing this podcast is new for me. Um, exploring the the different different side of this trade that I have yet to really uh, uh, entertain. No. I listen to podcasts while I'm at work and they, they, you know, because I can do things without having to invest too much of my, my time or my thought, I can absorb podcasts or music, other information during the day. Um, But doing this was not uh, easy for me. And, and I, I'm not used to being in a position of encouraging other people to follow my path, or a similar path, and that to me is is uh, I'm I'm uh, stepping outside of my comfort zone to come on here to, in hopes reach one person, target one person whether it's somebody that wants to come on here, or somebody that wants to get started because of this, it'll be well worth it then, you know, I mean I, I'm not going to sit here and expect to change the lives of people, but I, I, I'm doing something that's not, uh, I'm not familiar with, that I'm not necessarily comfortable with, and I'm trying to do it for the better of other people. Um, now, besides that, the constructive criticism being a big one, too, uh, because as you're, as you're learning something new, and even if you're, you th- you believe that you're doing it how you were in- instructed. You need to be you need to be ready to accept somebody c- critiquing you, and you need to handle that um, and and not take it as uh, take offense to it. And I I struggled with that too. You know, it was uh, me and me and my dad a lot of the times, and and him telling me things that I thought he was just giving me a hard time but really he's only trying to help me help me be the best version of myself the best whether I'm just sanding countertops or making door boxes whatever it is to be the best most efficient version of that myself there and and um had to accept the constructive criticism that comes along the way uh it took a little bit of maturing and and um also a a little unique for me because it's my dad and my boss so you know you you uh not to say that you disrespect your boss but if you disrespect your boss you disrespect your dad too it's a, it's a double-edged sword there you can't uh you know you you got to be a little more cautious on it um but it comes with a lot of perks it comes with a lot of perks the the opportunity that i i've been given i i wouldn't change anything you know and I've been told how I I did things wrong, or I should have listened, or it's been a lot of errors that fortunately aren't made over and over and over again. You know, I'm I'm, I'm learning as necessary and and listening to the any and all critics. You know, I would like to start getting my work posted out there and and uh, for people to see. Uh, I, not necessarily in a way to market or to draw people in, but just uh, it's something I'm I'm proud of anything and everything that I'm able to create by myself, um, especially when it's something new that I wasn't taught. Like that that's the most rewarding part is is showing my dad something that you know he's got little to no experience in and. Like all the machine maintenance, it, I know it doesn't necessarily have to do with woodworking, but it can't really be done without the machines. They can, but they take longer. And yeah. I've experienced all that. So the machine maintenance part, and 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 showing him that I'm willing to dive into these machines, understand how they operate, understand all the functions and all the buttons. And there's when you when you open your mind to it. it any task in this trade can be simple it's just going to be very complex at first so whether it is fixing the machine or making a cutting board the steps are really simple they just take a lot of fine tuning to get to the point of it being simple so that's why for me during my day you know I'll look at a 8 foot or 12 foot run of cabinets and I have a cut list in my head and you know human error i might miss or forget something but I know all the sizes without thinking, and I can just go about my day, thinking about other things too, and while still staying on task, efficient. You know, um, but it take everything. Just takes time and patience.
0: Yeah, I would agree. The time and patience, something that uh, you can't really expedite. Expedite. You have to, right. you know, experience it, you know, firsthand. Yeah, to to really grasp the understanding of it. Um, and the importance of it too just like you were saying earlier about the difference between fastly sanding a board you know maybe Mm -hmm. you're not going against the grain and you're going to be seeing the swirls Mm -hmm. you know little things like that where you know you need the you need to spend the time and have the patience to to do it the proper way and expect a really good result because you did it the proper way yep um but yeah no I, i like everything that you you touched upon especially the you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, not only in this, but you know, to to grow, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's just it's it's plain and simple. There's no way of avoiding the stepping out of your comfort zone to to achieve something more that you're not currently achieving right now. Yeah. Um. So, I definitely highly encourage other people to to get out of their comfort zone, try new things, explore, dabble you know, with new concepts and, and just always have the continuous learning mindset because you're going to unlock things that you've never thought about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know you could say that firsthand too. So.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, and, and even then, you know, a little nervous at first, but this has been a, a really good experience. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I just hope that I at least, uh, impact one person that's really all that matters is i want to draw people in i want i want people to uh, to give it a chance um and it might not be for everyone it isn't for everyone you know but i i hope that at the very least i can uh convince somebody to go out to how to goodwill or a garage sale and just see what they can do yeah know? and uh, and if they enjoy it and they find love in it and they start coming up with other ideas for the house you know you hey that might just be passion right you know you might just want to consider finding that internship because it's uh it, i had a little easier path but it started with me taking the chances and in, in trial and error you know and and just the want wanting to uh, get to a certain point that i've already well surpassed yeah. you know so that's been great and i, I appreciate everything here today too um is there anything else you want to go over?
0: No, I mean, dude, I appreciate you coming on and, and hearing your story. Uh, you know, I can't I can't wait to have this posted and everything. So you know, thank you guys for, for tuning in. You know, um, my goal is to be doing this on a weekly basis and keep providing more content uh, about the industry and hearing other people's experiences. Um, you know, just like Luke said, hopefully this finds one person and inspires them. You know, that's, that's the, the one thing that I've heard from a couple of successful people is, you know, just take it one person at a time, you know, impact one, one live yep. at a time and, uh, you'll do, you'll do wonders for the world. So uh, that'll, uh, that'll conclude this one. But I, and, a, you know,
1: I, I really hope that, I hope that with this discussion, I hope you're encouraged to go try a little more in the, in the shop and get a little more hands on, uh, Maybe design something small for your bedroom, you know, and give it a try on the weekend. And if you need help, I'd be happy to come out, you know, and just just to be present, answer questions. If you know, I'm sure you guys are well. you mean, you guys are a little more advanced set up there, but can't you can't replicate the experience and the knowledge? You know, so I, I will be willing to open or willing to offer to you anything that you're you want that you're willing to go get yourself. You know, I'm not gonna force my way on people, but we uh you know you have to you have to respect somebody's desire. And I encourage you to to create something new for yourself and then go make it yourself.
0: Absolutely. You know? Much appreciated too. All
1: righty.